Welcome to the podcast of Life Change Church, where we exist to love people to life change. We hope that this podcast is both challenging and encouraging to you. Enjoy the message. Good morning. Welcome. We're so excited you're here as we are starting a brand new series entitled Toxic. And we had a little fun, so we did bring some toxic things on the stage here. And really, it's just an excuse for us to play with dry ice. We'll be honest. But how cool is that, right? So we're jumping in. We're jumping into a series entitled Toxic. And there's a lot of toxic things in our lives. There's a lot of toxic things that we come across and, and come in contact with every day. And really, we're going to jump and we're going to talk throughout the, some of these things in this series. But to start off, let's just, uh, let's just jump in and let's look at some things that are, are toxic in our life. So first slide here. How many of you, how many of you guys have a cupboard or a cabinet with uh, something like this in your cupboard or cabinet, right? So most of us have this. We all pretty much all have this. And these, uh, these can really be toxic. There are some dangerous things there. So again, if our kids or our pets, our dogs or cats, if they get into this drawer, it can cause some damage. It can cause some sickness. What's ironic, though, is that we have these drawers. We have this cabinets because of our kids or our pets, though, right? But again, these things can be toxic. Let's look at another one. How about this? How many of you guys have a shelf in your uh, garage, your, your shed, your basement? How many of you guys have a shelf like this? Again, many of us, we have this. Again, these can be toxic as well. If they're not used for the thing that they were supposed to be used for, they can be used for, for other things, and they can cause some damage, right? So again, let's uh, check out another one that we typically have, right? How many of you have a cabinet or a uh, full of these? I made the joke in the first service that usually the older we get, the more that we have of these, Right? But you do, and these, again, in the wrong hands, these can be terrible. In the wrong hands, this can cause some damage. In the wrong hand, these can be poisonous, right? And then there's another one, too. We'll go with this. Soda, pop, cola, whatever you want to call it, right, is actually toxic for our health. It's toxic for trying to do something. I know we've got a Pepsi guy in service here. We've got some other people that are like, you're like, dude, You've already lost me. You just told me that pop and soda. You said that's toxic. But the truth is it does some damage. It's not necessarily healthy for us. Right? But really what uh, toxic stuff is, it's this. Toxic is poison. If you think about it, toxic is poison. And there's a lot of poisonous things in our life. Right? There's a lot of things that we come across that are scary, that can be dangerous. Right? And here's what toxic is. It's toxic is anything containing poisonous material capable of causing sickness or even death. And it's anything containing poisonous material capable of causing sickness or even death. And the truth is, we come across a lot of these things each and every day. Each and every day in our lives, we're silently be po- being poisoned by toxins in our life. Or we come across them in, in, the, in our physical lives, but we also come across them in our spiritual lives as well. So as we start this series off, what we're really going to be doing is we're going to be talking about some of the toxins in our life. We're going to be talking about toxic relationships. We're going to be talking about toxic influences. We're going to talk about toxic words that maybe are spoken to us, spoken over us, that, that maybe we listened to and even held on to. We're going to be talking about some of our toxic thoughts because often how we think, the way we think, really allows us and directs us to, to what we do into our actions. And for many of us, we have toxic thoughts in our life. And then we're also going to be talking about some toxic attitudes as well. But today what we're going to do is we're going to jump in, and we're going to talk about toxic religion, right? Toxic religion. And here's what that is. Toxic religion is this. It's the purity of the message of Jesus 
perverted and, p- and polluted by religion. Now, for some of you, you're going to think, like, dude, I came to church. Don't, like, don't Jesus and religion, don't they go together, right? Isn't religion, isn't the message and some of the message of Christ, isn't that a part of religion? And the truth is, yes, right? They should work hand in hand. They should work together. But if we're honest with ourselves, we've probably experienced toxic religion in our lives before. And here's why. Because we as humans, we have a tendency to jack some stuff up if we're right. right? We have some tendency to, to mess some stuff up. We have a tendency to ruin some things. We have a tendency to put some poisonous material in our lives. And for many of us, we've done this with the story of Jesus. We've done this with the message of Jesus. We've either added to or taken away. And this is never what Jesus intended. Kind of think of it like the, the game of, of telephone. How many of you guys have ever played the, the game of telephone before, right? Okay, we play it, and again, it's where you, you whisper something in, in somebody's ear. You have a message that starts, you whisper in somebody's ear, and then it continues on. They whisper in the neighbor's ear, and, and so on, and so on, and so on. And by the time it comes all the way back, the message has usually been distorted. The message has been changed around just a little bit. I was thinking about doing this actually in service today, but I, I got to be honest, I know some of you guys may add something kind of crazy to it, and you may get a little bit out of control here. So and the thing that I was going to say at the end may not be exactly what's, what's good for Facebook Live. Let's just, let's just say that, right? But there's things that distort it. There's another game that we play um, with, uh, with our family when we get a group of people. It's where you, you write a message, and then the next person draws a picture, and then the person after that again, has to write out what's in the picture like without looking at the previous one, and then it goes on and on and on. And by the time you get to the end, it's like completely different and oftentimes can be a little bit funny. Right? And it is. It's all fun and games when we're with our friends. It's all fun and games when we're with our family. It's all fun and games when, when it's game night. But when it comes to the message of Jesus, when it comes to Christianity, when it comes to that, it turns out to be poisonous. It turns out to be toxic religion. And when we begin to add something to the message of Jesus, it turns into toxic religion. And here's what I understand. Here's what I want us to know. Here's what I want us to walk away with. The reason it turns into toxic religion is because Jesus is more than religion itself. Jesus is more than religion. Right? Jesus is more than just a system of faith. Jesus is more than just some rules to follow. Jesus is more than a style of worship. He's more than just belief. Because he's who we believe in, right? He's who we worship. He's who we have faith in. He's who we follow. Jesus is the only guy that ever lived in history that predicted his death, predicted that he would conquer death, predicted that he would be resurrected, and he actually did it. And if somebody does that, that's the guy we're going to follow, right? Jesus lived a perfect life for each and every one of us because he knew that we couldn't. Then he died on a cross to pay the penalty that each and every one of us deserved. And he was risen again to conquer death, to conquer that gap between us and God. That's who he is. And that is more than religion. Jesus is more than religion. And the moment we forget this, the moment we take away from this, or the moment we begin to add ourselves in this and add to to really what he expects, expects of us, what we're doing is we're placing poison in our lives. And it's toxic religion. In fact, Paul warns us against this toxic religion in his letter to the Galatians in Galatians chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to spend some time there today. If you don't have a Bible, we always challenge you to download the YouVersion Bible app, just an incredible resource to take with you wherever you go. That way you can read your Bible daily. Listen, we challenge you, don't just wait on a Sunday morning to to hear about the Bible, to read the Bible, but read it every single day. There's reading plans, there's devotionals, just an incredible tool to use. 
If you would take turn into Galatians chapter 1, and what we're seeing here is we're seeing Paul, who's an apostle, who's a, a follower of Jesus, and he's really writing a letter to the church in Galatia. And Paul actually was a part of starting this church. Getting a little background on Paul. Paul was like kind of a, he, he's an apostle, he was a, a follower of Christ, but before that, he was really a religious nut. He was, a, he was a, one that followed uh, Judaism and to the extent that if anybody was against it, he would try to murder them, right? He would try to kill them, he would persecute them. So Paul was doing this, and he was actually on his way to Damascus to do just this, to persecute some Christians, when he had this encounter with Jesus. He had this encounter with Jesus where he's blinded, and then Jesus showed him who he truly was. He showed him that he's more than religion. So Paul had this radical change, began to plant churches, sharing the good news, sharing the gospel of Jesus. He would go into their community, plant churches, have people see and hear the message of Christ, accept it, and then he would empower them to continue on these churches and he continued on, right? And he did this in Galatia. And uh, when he left Galatia, though, there was this group of people known as the Judaizers. And what they were, they were people that basically, they accepted the message of Christ, but they added their own religious traditions to him, right? They added stuff to who Jesus was. They were saying, yeah, Jesus is good, but you still have to obey the full Jewish law. And one of the big parts of the Jewish law was this thing called circumcision. So you can kind of see where this is going here, right? Like, obviously, this created a, a lot of tension, specifically for the uh, grown male population. I'm just saying, right? This wasn't this, like, this is something that they looked at and like, talk about toxic, talk about something that can cause some pain, talk about something that caused some damage, right? This is what they were, they were doing. This is what they were going through. They were adding to the works of Jesus, though. And so Paul is really addressing this. He's addressing this toxic religion. And really, we see this in Galatians 1, and we'll read verses 6 through 7 right here. This is Paul talking. He says, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are returning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. So really, here's Paul, and he comes in. And he's astonished, right? He's, he's stunned that these people are listening to this gospel. They're, they're adding on to the gospel. Again, this is kind of the beginning portion of this letter. Like Paul comes out just guns blazing, fired up and astonished at what's going on. Like he says, that, hey, hey, greetings on Paul. This is what we're doing. Boom, I'm astonished that you guys are doing this, right? I'm, a, I'm astonished that you are turning from the gospel to a gospel that's really no gospel at all. And again, listen, as an adult, if someone says that you have to be, has to be circumcised as an adult, understand that is not the gospel, right? That's not good news. Like the gospel is good news. So Paul is speaking directly to this. And he's speaking to the toxicity of this. And he's saying people are trying to pervert the gospel of Jesus. And pervert means this. It means to corrupt, distort, or poison. This is what they were trying to do to the gospel. This is what they were trying to do, trying to do to the good news. And when they began adding on things, what happened is, is that it became toxic. And I think about it. We look at this. If we look at the church as a whole, if we look at ourselves as Christians, a lot of times we do this same thing. If we're honest with ourselves, we do. We minimize who Jesus is, right? We minimize by adding things to the church, by adding things that, that we think that we can do. Now, we may not go as far as circumcision, but for some reason, I think what we do is we add ourselves or we add something more into the equation other than Jesus. And here's the sad thing. If you look at it, the sad thing about Christianity, the sad thing about the church is that when people look at the church, when people look at Christianity 
It's known more for, for what we can do or, or what we should do or, and, and what we can't do rather than what Jesus has already done. Right? That's the sad thing. I think as Christians, we're known for, for more of our, our do's and don'ts rather than what Jesus has already completed for each and every one of us. He defeated death. He conquered the grave, right? He predicted and he did it for all of us. And there's nothing more that we can do. We look at it, Jesus is the whole equation, right? He's the answer. He's every part of the equation. But the problem is I think somehow we've thrown ourselves in there and we've cheapened the gospel, right? We cheapened it. We've added ourselves in the equation and we cheapen it and it becomes toxic. And it's a dangerous place to be. In fact, it's even poisonous. And this happens throughout history. It's not just now, but this happened even in the beginning church, in the early church. In fact, if you look in the book of Acts, you see that those people come into Christ were coming by droves, but then they began to try to, to, try to put their religion into it, also to try to, to add tasks to it. And in fact, the message version in Acts chapter 15, I believe it says a great way, it says, don't try to out-God God. I think for many of us, what we've done is we try to out-God God by adding ourselves in the equation. When we do that, it's poisonous. It leads to sickness, and it can lead to spiritual death. And here's why. Here's why when we add ourselves into that, it's because toxic religion focuses on the external and not the internal. Toxic religion focuses on the external and not the internal, which is the exact opposite of God wants it's the exact opposite of what God does for each and every one of us. Right? When we focus just on the external, it's really, it's, it's useless. Because what we're trying to do is we're trying to bridge the gap between us and God, which Jesus has already done. Right? We're trying to bridge this gap between us and, and God, which Jesus knew was impossible for us. That's why he stepped up and did it, right? The external, when we just focus on the external, it really reduces Christianity just to a bunch of rules. Right, just to a, a bunch of do's and don'ts. If you look at it, this is really what the Pharisees did during the time of Jesus. Right? Again, the Pharisees were the religious leaders during the time of Jesus, and they basically lived by a set of rules, by a set of do's and don'ts. In fact, they had 613 commands that they were supposed to live by each and every day. 613 do's and don'ts. Right? Talk about an external way of thinking. Talking about an external way of living. What's crazy is the, the Pharisees get this bad rap, but for many of them, they were actually living out these 613 commands. Like they were doing well with this. They were actually doing a good job of, of standing to the standard of these 613 commands. But yet Jesus still approached them with anger, still approached them with frustration because he knew that they were trying to do something that they could never do. They were trying to bridge the gap that only Jesus could do. In fact, every time you see Jesus approach them and talk to the Pharisees, you see a certain contempt that he has. You see a certain anger that he has. You see an example of it in Matthew 23, 25, when he said this. He says, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. Right? The Pharisees, the Pharisees were focused on the outside. They were focused on the external. They were focused on the way they looked. And Jesus looked at me, he calls them hypocrites, right? He calls and he says, woe to you. Think about this. Here's these Pharisees and they're killing it with the rules, but all they were doing was looking at the external and it wasn't bringing them closer to God. Because God's about the internal. God's about the heart. Right? And the only way God is through Jesus because Jesus is bigger 
than religion. Jesus is bigger than, than any rules. Jesus is bigger than every regulation. Jesus is bigger than every law that's ever posted in there. Jesus is bigger than all that. Because religion, specifically toxic religion, becomes all about the show. And Jesus hated that because he knew it was destructive. Right? It was destructive internally, it was destructive. It was destructive to the person's self because they're always at, reaching for a standard that they can never be. They are always falling short, right? But it's also destructive to the outside because it turns people away. Toxic religion turns people away because it focuses on the external and not the internal. It's in a dangerous, dangerous place to be. It's poison to our life. The other thing toxic religion does is it promotes spiritual pride. This is why it's so dangerous, because it promotes spiritual pride. It makes us think that we have a part to play in all this. It makes us think that we can take some credit for everything that God's already done for us. Like God loved us so much that he gave his son. Like He gave the ultimate sacrifice. There's nothing we could do or say that will take that away. And we begin to think that we can, then we live with pride. And really, it's a wall, it's a block, it's a barrier between us and God. Right? When we add to anything that Jesus has done to us, we begin to rely on ourselves, and it poisons us. It makes us think irrationally, it makes us think in a, in a way that's not helpful, that doesn't help others as well. Right? We begin to think that we're even better than others. Like we're right, and everybody else is wrong. And again, guess what? Jesus doesn't like this. This isn't what he's after. This isn't what he called us to live like. He said it this way in Luke chapter 18, verse 9. He says, to some who are confident of their own righteousness and look down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to pray at the to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. This Pharisee stood by himself and prayed. He said, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, even like this tax collector. If I fast twice, see, I fast twice a week and give a tenth, of all I got. So here's this guy, right? Here's this Pharisee, and he's praying, and he's basically saying, man, why can't everybody just be like me? Like, look how great I am, God. I'm not evil like these other people. Like, I'm not an evil doer. I'm not like this tax collector. I do all this, right? I, I give a tenth. I fast twice a week. I'm so awesome, God. And here's what this Pharisee's doing. But then the tax collector comes up and says, but the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but he beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus goes on to say, I tell you that, that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. This is actually an incredible passage of Scripture because if you look at it during this time period, the tax collectors were actually known as some of the most evil people. They were despised during this time. Right? They were known as being the, the most corrupt people. They basically had a license to steal, and they often took advantage of that. Right? They would take collects. Nobody really likes a tax collector now anyways, right? But what happened during those days is that they would pay their tax, but not only that, they would add a portion above it where they would skim some off the top to take for themselves. This is what tax collectors did. It was what they are known for. And because of this, many people despised them, and they were really known as the worst, most greedy people on the planet. But this is the guy that Jesus exalted, right? This is the guy that Jesus said was justified before God. When you look at this, Jesus is basically saying that spiritual pride is worse than anything else on earth. 
He's worse than anything that you can imagine. He's worse than any sin. I think a lot of times we weight sin, right? We think, oh, this sin is worse. At least I'm not doing this, or at least I'm not doing that, right? But the sin is all really equal. But what Jesus is saying is spiritual pride is worse than all other sins. And here's why. It's because when you're in spiritual pride, when you're stuck in that prideful, that prideful mindset, you can't see your sin. You can't see the gap that's there. You can't see the wall that's between you and God. So it's worse than anything. It's worse than any. Think about the worst sin that you can imagine. Spiritual pride is worse than that. Right? And it turns people away from God as well. Right? Again, it's one of the reasons why, why non-Christians, people who don't come to church, why they look and they despise Christianity, why they despise people who go to church because of this spiritual pride. Because spiritual pride, it really, it, it promotes and it causes this hypocritical, joyless, cynical lifestyle. And that's what happens when we begin to add to the gospel. It's what happens when we begin to put ourselves into the equation. Right? When we think we can bridge the gap that Jesus already bridged for his life, this is what happens. And understand this. Jesus didn't come to make us religious, right? He came to set us free. He came to, to give us life full of joy, full of victory. That's why we sing victory in Jesus, right? He came to give us a life full of victory, full of unity, full of compassion, and full of love for one another. Because he's bigger than religion. Jesus is more than religion. Again, religion, religion pushes people away, specifically toxic religion. It pushes people away. It's harmful. It causes damage. But Jesus is more than that. Jesus came to save the world. Jesus came to reconnect us back to our maker, back to our creator. He came to show us what love truly is. And imagine what would happen. Imagine what would happen in your neighbor's lives, in your family's lives, in your friend's lives, if they realized and saw that Jesus was bigger than religion. Imagine if people saw Christianity as they saw Jesus through it and not just religion. Think about what could happen. The truth is Jesus Jesus is inviting, right? Jesus is captivating. What if we displayed that? What if we showed that in our lives? Here's what happened. The world would change, right? Your workplace would change. Churches across this nation would change. The communities would change. In fact, this is really what happened. This is what happened in the early church. This is what happened in Acts. There wasn't all this religious stuff. It was all just Jesus, all the gospel, and people began to jump on it. And man, people's lives were changed. Families were growing. The church continued to grow and grow and grow. And it was amazing, right? That's what began to happen and can continue to happen. Listen, the church, Big C, the church is one of the only organizations that's even lasted this long. It's lasted over 2,000 years. And it's lasted this long because of the gospel. It's lasted this long because Jesus is bigger than religion. We need to live it out. We need to let it continue. We need to, we need to keep the ball rolling. And really, here's how we do it. We continue to listen to what Paul said. In fact, if you go back to Galatians chapter one, he continues on in verse nine and he says this. He says, as we've already said, so now I say it again. If anybody is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. These are some harsh words. But Paul's saying, saying, stick to the gospel of Jesus. Again, this is the gospel they accepted. The gospel they initially accepted was who Jesus was. It's what Jesus did for each of them. It's what Jesus talked about. It's what he said. And Paul is saying, don't accept any other gospel. For us to live this out, for us to, to understand that Jesus is more than religion, for us to, to overcome toxic religion in our life, we need to stick to the gospel of Jesus. 
We need to stick to what he said. We need to stick to what he did. We need to stick to who he is. Right? We need to stick to the gospel of Jesus. Again, we, we stick to what he said. If you remember from our last series, one of the, the big things that Jesus said was to, to seek God's kingdom and seek his righteousness. Listen, in every aspect of our life, that's what we need to do. We need to stick to the fact that Jesus told us to seek God's kingdom and seek his righteousness, which again, we've narrowed down as what? Loving God and loving others. Let's stick to that. Let's love God and let's love others. Let's stick to the gospel of Jesus. Let's stick to what he said. Let's stick, let's stick to what he's did, right? And he's the only one that predicted his death. It, Christianity, who, what, we're, what we believe, what we're following, what we do, it's based on the event of what Jesus did. He conquered death. He, he was victorious over death. Listen, that's a story that's shared that we need to share that people, everybody needs to hear, and we need to stick to that. He died for you. He died for me because he knew that we needed to be connected back to our maker, and he was the only way to do it. We need to stick to who he is. We need to stick to what he did. We need to stick to who he is. And understand this. Jesus is the son of God. And because of him, we're called children of God. And we need to stick to that. You are a child of God. You are loved. That's the gospel. That's the good news. And that's what we need to stick to. Right? Don't stray away from it. Don't add to it. Don't put our own, our own taking on it, but stick to it. Stick to the gospel and don't overcomplicate it. There's a song by the, the band United Pursuit, which we often play uh, kind of as the, the background music during prayer nights. So shameless plug here. We do have prayer from 6 to 7 tonight. So I want to invite you out. We have child care available. And we throw music on the background. You can listen to music. We throw some slides up there. It just gives you a, an hour where, where you can spend with God. You can read. There's people that journal. There's different ways to connect with God. But really, we just want to give you an hour to connect with God. But oftentimes during prayer night, what we do is we play songs really over top of the overhead here. And there's a song that we usually play called The Simple Gospel. And I just love the lyrics. And it says this. It says, I want to know you, Lord, like I know a friend. I want to know you, Lord, so I'm laying down all my religion. I want to know you, Lord. I used to think I could, I could box you in, but I'm laying down. Lord, I've, I've been told to be ashamed. Lord, I've been told I don't measure up. Lord, I've been told I'm not good enough, but you're here with me. I reach out and you find me in the dust. You say no amount of untruths can separate us. I will rejoice in the simple gospel. I will rejoice in you, Lord. Let's keep the gospel simple, and let's stick to the gospel of Jesus. Let's rejoice in that. Let's rejoice in what he's done. Let's rejoice in who he is. Let's rejoice in the things that he's told us, right? I want to challenge you. Stick to the gospel, right? Stick to the gospel. Don't share your religion, but share the gospel. Don't share your religion, but share, share your relationship. Share what Jesus has done. And stick to the gospel. Then in verse 10, Paul continues on. He says this. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Again, Jesus is more than religion. We need to stick to what he said. We need to stick to the gospel. He's more than rules, right? And he's more than just people pleasing. Paul understands this. Paul gets this, which is why he states that if we're just trying to please people, if we're just trying to please people, then we're not a servant of Christ. See, toxic religion is really people-pleasing. Toxic religion is trying to do things to make yourself look better in the eyes of others. And Paul warns us against this. He says to overcome toxic religion, you can't just be a people-pleaser. 
So don't be a people pleaser. Instead of trying to look good to others, instead of just trying to satisfy others, please God, right? Please God. And listen, I'll be honest, this is a tough one. This is a tough one. Because I think really, if, if, we, if we look at ourselves, if we look at our, our lives, there's some point probably each and every week where we're trying to please a person, right? Where we're trying to, to meet the standards of another. If we're honest with ourselves, that's where we fall into. We all fall into that category. But listen, when we overcome this, it's freeing, right? There's freedom. There's freedom in just trying to please God. And here's how we do it. Really, it starts with evaluating every situation we go through. It starts with evaluating ourselves. So right now, I want you to think through this. And through this week, I want you to to ask yourself some questions. When you go through a situation, I want you to ask yourself, who or what's your faith in? Who or what is your faith in? What are you trusting? Are you you trusting your boss for the outcome? Are you trusting a system or a plan that you put in place? Are you trusting another person, a coworker, a teammate? Are you trusting them? Or are you trusting God? Who or what is your faith in? For many of us right now, we could look back and think, man, man, what's an area? What's an area where I'm not likely to trust God in? Guess what? That's an area where you're probably people-pleasing. That's an area where, where you're allowing toxic religion to creep in. What's your faith in? Next, what are you focused on? Are you focused on what others are saying? Are you focused on what others are saying behind your back, what others are saying to your face? Are you focused on what others are thinking Do you focus on on what others are doing or are you focused on what God says about you? What are you focused on? And finally, what do you fear? Do you fear man? Do you fear acceptance? Do you fear the the approval of others? Or do you fear God? Who do you fear? I think we need to evaluate ourselves. We need to define what our faith is and we need to define what we're focused on. We need to define what we fear. And if it's anything other than God, what we need to do is we need to admit it and then begin submitting those areas over to him. So don't be a people pleaser because the truth is it's toxic. It's just a toxic way of living. It's a toxic way of thinking. We need to please the Lord. In fact, Ephesians 5.10 says, find out what pleases the Lord. And let me just let you in on a secret here. Here's what pleases the Lord. You do. Right? You do. Not by works. Not by anything that you can do, not by anything that you've done in the past, but because of what Jesus has already done for you, right? You are made righteous in his eyes through Christ, through the gospel. Through the gospel, you please God. He wants you. He loves you. He's pleased by you. He wants me. He he loves me. He's pleased by me, right? He likes each and every one of us. He likes us already. So instead of searching for for more likes on social media, let let us be content with the one like. Don't be a people pleaser. Jesus is more than religion. He's more than rules and regulations. He's more than preferences. He's more than all that. And he died for you. He died for me. He died for each and every one of us so that we could have good news. So today I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to stick to that good news and begin to please him. If you would, pull out your connection card in the seat back in front of you. Maybe here today, and maybe, maybe for you, maybe you've heard about Jesus before, but maybe you just thought it was all religion. Listen, I want to tell you it's good news. I want to tell you it's the gospel. And how we experience it is we commit our lives to him. 
Because a lot of times I think in religion, there's a lot of people that will, that will try to put something on us, right? They'll try to put their rules or regulations on us. But what happens is when we commit our lives to Jesus, we begin to look more and more like him. And instead of just changing in the moment, God begins to change us permanently over time. And what's crazy is it's his timing on it. It's his timing. A lot of this toxic religion is saying that you need to become this in this amount of time. Understand, you're a child of God, and Jesus has more patience with you than anybody else. And he wants you to experience, and it starts with a commitment to follow him. So if you're here today, maybe you never made a commitment to follow Christ, or maybe you did, but you walked away. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you on this card. You can check mark that box that says, I want to make a commitment to follow Christ. Maybe here today, maybe God's challenging you. Maybe you've been a Christian, maybe you've been doing, walking this out for a while, but maybe for you, maybe you've been trying to put too many rules on things. Maybe you've been getting away from what the gospel truly is. Maybe for you, God's calling you just to stick to the gospel. Maybe for you, you wrestle with, with pleasing people all the time, and it's time to step away from that. Whatever it is, write that down, and then begin to live that. Listen, we take these cards very seriously. This is our way to connect with you. So again, if you're a first-time guest, we ask that you fill this out. Fill this out completely on the front. We will follow up with you. We're not going to over, overbearing anything like that. I'm not going to come to your front porch or anything. I'll probably shoot you an email and just hear your story a little bit and know how I can pray with you a little bit more. But we ask that you fill this out completely. And if you're a first-time guest, you can actually turn this into the Connect Desk after service, and we have a gift for you. And if you actually brought a first-time guest, make sure that you take that guest to the Connect Desk because we also have a gift for the bringer as well. For everybody else, though, this is our way to know that you are here. This is our way to, to know that you even attended. This is our way to, to know what you're going through and how we can pray for you. So we ask that you fill this out and put this in the card as well. If you would, as the began begins to play, take a moment to fill this card out and any tithes or offering. And I'll be up in just a moment to explain the next steps. Thank you for listening to the Life Change Church Podcast. If you were here today and you were listening and you made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to hear about it. Or maybe you're here and you're listening and that God is asking you to make the next step with whatever that it is in your life. We would love to hear about it and partner up with you. If you would, go to www.mylifechangechurch.com and under the media section, please fill out the contact us information. And let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ. Let us know what God is asking of you. And if you need prayer, we would love to partner up with you in prayer as well. We hope that you enjoyed the podcast and that it both encouraged and challenged you. Have a great week.